You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This weekend's UFC 262 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with a DraftKings lineup on your line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a huge shot at cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stand or the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 35 of the Rig Rats podcast, the Edmonton Oilers podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a bit of a different flavored episode. We've got a guest episode coming up. Like I said in the last episode, we finally managed to sit down with our good friend Chris. He is a big-time Winnipeg Jets fan, so me and Kyle managed to catch up with him. We had a really good chat with him about what we what his thoughts on the upcoming Oilers versus Jets season series was he's in some interesting takes and you know just his thoughts on how that series is going to go as a whole um it was really really good to talk to him about it and it'll be really interesting to see how the playoffs shape up now that we know that the Oilers and Jets are going to be taking each other on starting a little bit later in the week. Um, That being said, I'm really not going to talk about the last two games of the season. Obviously, they won their last game versus the Canadians, and then they lost versus the Canucks in their final game of the season. Um, Miko Koskinen, I think, was probably the biggest takeaway from that last game of the season. He looks shaky. He does not look confident. Makes me nervous. Um, Mike Smith is obviously the starter, but past that, our, my confidence in Miko Koskinen has, has slowly dropped significantly over the time of year as the year has gone by. That being said, um, you know what? I thought that McDavid finishes the year with 105 points. Dreisaitl was incredible, and we got a little bit more tuning up. We got some other guys in. We got Bouchard into the lineup who looked good, and it even means that he might get some playoff games coming up as the playoffs progress. We also got to see Slater Cuckoo come back in the lineup after he broke his collarbone later earlier in February this year, so it was good to see him, get him moving, and it also allows people to get a little bit of rest. So like I was mentioning before, the Oilers aren't going to be playing the playoffs till later in this week. We'll get the Thursday episode out with me and Kyle, and we might have another guest on in the next episode 
we'll see how things shake out. Uh, that being said, I don't really want to wait around too much longer. I want to get right over to our talk with Chris. Obviously, Kyle isn't here with me now. Um, however, me and him were managed to get all together to talk with Chris. Like I said, really, really good to talk to him. So without further ado, we'll get over to that. And I hope you guys enjoy. Hello, my name is Richard Blosser, host of the Grit and Barrett podcast here on the Hockey Podcast Network, covering the Hershey Bears, the 11-time Calder Cup champions of the American Hockey League, and the 2018 Stanley Cup champion Washington Capitals. Each Tuesday, I recap Bears games, give you Bears news, notes, and nuggets, and all of the hockey news that matters to me, whether it's the American Hockey League, the NHL, or banter about hockey jerseys this hack brings you high energy they score connor mcmichael has ended the game unfiltered look herco's really gonna have to work hard to bring back the fan base from this pandemic because you can't just rely on vaccinations you have a fan base that is old stubborn and very reluctant to change not to mention you got to work on bringing back families and then whatever fan base you can try and get back from other parts of the state. You just can't rely on people coming out from 81 and 78. You got to work on a fan base that's very, very hesitant to change. And at times, unfocused. Look, Ovechkin is basically the guy who comes into the bar, kicks open the door, and says, Who ordered a white Russian, huh? Well, we all know Sidney Crosby is the guy who enters in from the side door, red carpet, VIP Armani suits and alligator shoes. That's just the type of guys they are. So join me every Tuesday here on the Hockey Podcast Network for the Grit and Barrett Podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Grit and Barrett P1. That's Grit, G R I T, and B E A R IT P1 on Twitter. Available wherever you get all your podcasts, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, so like I said, we've got my good friend Chris here. Now, you guys all know that I'm a moron, so I realized that uh, I had not hit recorded, so I was already had broken up Chris, who's in the middle of a wonderful point. So, Chris, I'm going to hit record now. Go ahead and please continue, my friend. I apologize. The Jets were remaking. Once they clinched the playoff, their playoff spot, they kind of were remaking their game a bit. They became a lot more defensive focused because, as you guys know, playing the Jets, they were prone to some real oh shit moments where they would just like basically abandon all defense and give the opposition like five five bell alarm chances. Um, I think the team really put a like a team effort focus on defense in the last few games of the season, which. I saw a market improvement in that, but the problem, the sacrifice was we lost our scoring match. And that's why we ended up losing going one in nine uh, besides the last few games where we won, but we went one in nine for a stretch because we just couldn't score. How do you yeah. feel then that this season, because like a lot has been said about like Shifley and Wheeler not being good defensively. So like, how do, how do you feel about that? That's been a, 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 a well-known thing for their entire, you know, kind of careers. Uh, they've never been, but the pro- the thing is, is that the Jets have always had a better defense. So they, if, if you're playing in front of Tobias Enstrom and, and Dustin Bufflin, you can do what you want. And, you, you know, those guys are back there to clean up your mess as well. We don't have that anymore. So yeah. I will say, and I know this is shocks even me, Jordy Ben was a great pickup. 
Jordy Ben is a stable defenseman. He's got 700 games of NHL experience. No, he's not, you know, going to be a great puck mover, um, but he is, he makes simple plays. He is good at disrupting uh, offensive chances in the defensive zone. And that's basically what the Jets need right now. They've got Morrissey, uh, DeBello's great in the top four. Uh, obviously, Neil Pionk is amazing. Anybody who doesn't watch Neil Pionk play every day doesn't know what a good defenseman he is. We absolutely jobbed the Rangers in that trade. Yeah, we, we talked about it, like, when it happened, dude. But you were, you were skeptical about Pionk. I don't think you would have expected him to be this good. No, I didn't. I, I had faith in the organization that they made a good play because I think that Chevy's shown over and over again he makes good moves. But I did not expect him to be as good or as physically as he is. He's he hits. He hits to like cause pain, and he does. It oh yeah, for his stature, he does a pretty good job. Yeah, guys, like a truck when he when he really wants to, he leans yeah. in and the corners hard. Yeah, yeah. Pionk, Pionk showed up big. So, so that's the number one thing that I, I think the Jets have improved defensively, which I think will. You're never going to stop Connor McDavid. But if you can limit him to like one or two points a game, I know that seems ridiculous, but if you can, I think you put yourself in a good position because, I, you know, one of the Oilers and you guys will, will agree. One of the Oilers biggest weaknesses is just scoring. depth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you find a way to shut down um, McDavid and Dreisaitl, you have a fairly good chance of, you know, being right in the game to the end and then anything can happen. The second thing I would say is goaltending. So Hellbuck struggled a bit down the stretch, and obviously Mike Smith is having a career year. But for a goaltender who's had such a long career as Mike Smith, you pretty much know what you have with him. Although, you know, Wayne Rolson was the same way. He was a journeyman goaltender who was pretty much average his entire career, and then all of a sudden you just like – I also think – I think Smith is that goalie, though, because we saw what he did with – I mean, he was the only reason Calgary won the one game they did versus Colorado last season, right? Like, he was the only thing keeping them in that series last season. Sure. And so that that could that could definitely happen. He could go on a Rolson-type run, and who knows what can happen, right? Like, that's the playoffs. They're crazy. But when you look at both goaltenders' resumes, you think about who's more likely to do that it's probably going to be Dwayne Rolson or probably going to be Connor Hellebuck. Um, And the one thing that I would be concerned about if I was an Oilers fan is the fact that Mike Smith tends to get rattled. If you can like, oops, I bumped into him three or four times. You know the way he is. He'll start taking shots at people. He'll start like even playing the puck more aggressively than he already does, which probably scares the shit out of you guys. He's great when he does it well moves the puck like he, he he moves the puck really well but he is pretty risky when he does that so um i think if the jets start running into him like if dubois starts running into apple appleton we've got some pretty big forwards that might get smith off his game a bit um remains to be seen but that's that's possible and then the final thing i'll say that should put a little bit of doubt into oilers uh uh fans heads is uh, Blake Wheeler spent most of the season with cracked ribs. Nobody knew it. That's why. And he still managed almost a point a game. He's the last five games. He's been Blake Wheeler of like 17, 18. 
he has been much better. He's producing a lot of points. He's skating well. He's stick handling well. He's scoring goals. Um, Shifley's come out of his funk. Connor is on a tear right now. Um, Nick Ehlers is. I was going to say, is he coming back? back? Uh, Well, he might not be ready for game one, but uh, I don't think he's too far off. And then the big big question mark is Pierre Luc Dubois. Does Pierre Luc Dubois become the Dubois that basically dismantled the Leafs last year in the playoffs? Um, He. He has been dealing with something all season that people didn't know about. There was photos of him, and I don't know if you guys saw this, uh, circulating the last couple of games where he had those big suction marks on the back of his neck. I did see that. Some kind of treatment. Um, so who knows? Like, is that going to be – is he going to be able to battle through that? How good is it? You know, like, who knows, right? So I think you guys should feel good about going into the playoffs and the best position you've been in in, like, many years – yeah. But I wouldn't be celebrating a win quite yet. That's what I would say. Gotcha. I, so I mean, you're looking at looking at the series, and I think, especially after that, was a pretty solid win over the Leafs there uh, at the very end. I, that was that was a fun one. Um, looking at it, like what, like realistically, what what do you think the series is going to go? Right. Well, you guys are going to like this. Um, I called Jets in six. All right. And uh, just, you think you think is there is there a specific reason or you just think that they're 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 catching fire at the right moment or they're 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 gonna click? I just have faith that Hellebuck's gonna be there. Gotcha. And that's I mean that's all that's what it's gonna come down to, really. It's just goaltending, I think. Um, both teams can score. Uh, the Oilers have a, a very underrated defense. Um, yeah, I, I really like their defense. I really like Nurse. I really like uh, uh, Ethan Bear. Um, Evan I'm sure Bouchard you're a big fan pretty... of Tyson Berry, yeah? Fight. <laughs> I'm such a wank. I just want to punch his face every time I I knew that would get him going. <laughs> no, we were talking about it the other, uh, you know, a couple podcasts ago, uh, a couple episodes ago. You know, if Hellebuck is hot, if he's on fire – it's going to be tough to score on him. I mean, he's a Vezina goalie. Like that, if, if he's on, you're not scoring. But, you know, a couple of years ago when they made their, their pretty good run in the playoffs, it was namely because Hellebuck just didn't let anything in. Yeah, I mean, and I think what we've seen, especially this year with, from Hellebuck, is that he starts slow in games. I don't know if it's something to do with his pregame routine this year, but – if you look at the Jets' first, like, six to eight shots against and you look at Hellebuck's goal to, uh, save percentage, it's not good. And so when you're always – and that's what was really happening near the end of the season especially is you get behind, you know, two goals in the first ten minutes of the game, even though you outshoot shoot the opposition, like, 8-2 and you're down 2 nothing. Like, how does a team – like, you do that over and over again. It's hard to come back from, right? So – I think one of the keys for the Oilers is they're going to have to come out every game like really hard and they're going to have to score on the first couple of goals. Cause as soon as Albuk gets comfortable, that's when he starts like shutting the door. So do you, do you worry that the Oilers have had maybe a, too many looks at Hellebuck this season? Cause right. No, you don't think that this, like the, the games in the regular season carry over any. 
I don't think so. I think that any, like, I don't think that there's any goaltender on the planet that stops Connor McDavid when he has time and space. He just has, he just does two, like, there was that one breakaway that he had, like the last game. And there was probably 7,465,000 stick handles he made on that breakaway. Yeah. Like, you're just out as a goalie. You might as well just stand there and just hope it hits you because there's no way. There's no way. So, I don't think that, you know, you, you take that away from it. I don't think, I think Dreisaitl obviously has a really great shot. Um, but I'm not worried about anybody else. I like, was going to say the one other thing I noticed that seemed to, the, at least the games like the Oilers, that, the games that the Oilers ran the score up on the Jets is, is, is special teams. I know the playoffs are a little bit different, but mm-hmm. right. I, I, I like you can't like the Oilers have, the best power play in the league the jets have also a formidable power play so i think it's going to come down to who stays out of the box more and then how the games are called but i mean again, well, and we're already seeing like we're already seeing the first few games of the playoffs like the the, the refs are putting their whistles away and even through the season this season i don't know if you guys noticed but as we went along like they were letting a lot of shit go that they haven't been for several years and i don't know if they just were trying to get you know um, I don't know. I don't know what, what the reason is for it. Um, but I wish they would just come up with some rules and stick to them. That would be super. Cause I don't care what they call. Like, I don't care if they call it like really close. I don't care if they let a lot go, just do it consistently. Every yeah. Game. yeah that's, the season, that's what we've been asking for all season is just some form of consistency in the calls. So we're not guessing at what's going to be called and what's not. Yeah. Like, like, absolutely zero consistency uh, across the board doesn't matter what side of the what side of the league you're on like mm-hmm. like regardless it's just absolute you know oh are you gonna call that one well you All called right. it two minutes ago <laughs> you know and then the department of player safety <laughs> yeah what oh, an gosh. absolute joke all right. In one week, two of our players got concussed and one of them got battle axed over the head with a stick. And I think the total in fines for the three games or the three in things were like eleven thousand dollars. <laughs> and and the three people that were fine make like a combined like forty-five million dollars in salary. <laughs> like one of them was like something like it's like if you got fined seven fifty for doing something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All day. If I could like take a shot at somebody I didn't like in public for seven fifty, <laughs> sign me up. Hacking his legs at the grocery store. <laughs> I will prepay like a hundred dollars so I can just take random shots at people. All, day. <laughs> all right, so I got one more question for you. Not Oilers and Jets related. <laughs> what is the one series you're going to be watching most heavily out of this first round? Well, as you know, Mike. I am not really an NHL fan for many reasons. Um, I generally am a Jets fan and then fuck everybody else. That's the way I usually feel about things. But I will say that I do have interest in the Montreal-Toronto series because it would be so delightful if the Habs knocked out the Leafs. I, oh my gosh. Oh, I would. That would almost be like the Jets winning the Cup. That's like Jets winning the Cup Habs knocking out the Leafs, like right underneath. And then out of curiosity, just the um, the Tampa-Florida series, because that's never happened before. And obviously I live in Tampa, so um, that that's pretty interesting to me too. But I don't care about any of the rest of it. It doesn't matter to me at all. 
Awesome. I think that's actually going to be a pretty good series, too. Like, they played the last couple of games. They played against each other the last couple of games of the regular season. And it was getting pretty feisty in both of those games. So, I mean, with everybody coming back on both teams, they'll be, like, real healthy. Both rosters will be real healthy. That'd Isn't be... that curious, though? Isn't that curious that just magically once the cap no longer matters, like Kucherov yep. and uh, Stamkos are coming back? Wow. I mean, how lucky for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, you know, we well, wouldn't so, want to say that they tried to circumvent the cap or anything. Well, if you think oh, about I mean, it, the Vegas Golden Knights gave up on the President's Trophy because of they mismanaged the cap situation. They, didn't they, they have did, 15 people dressed for their last game? Yeah, they, yeah. they purposefully lost their last game because they couldn't they, – they had too many players oversigned. Yes. Well, uh, and that's the thing is I think, uh, I think you know, Breezeball made – and like the higher ups, the GM and the higher ups, you know, made that decision at the beginning of the season. They were like, well, you're not going to play it all this season. And that's fine. Just rest up and, you know, we'll do the surgery so that you're okay. And then playoffs, bang. <laughs> I don't know. It I just mean, makes the, me I mean, they're, my they're eyebrows just it. as much as, you know, Marion Hosa got, you know, allergic to his, his pads. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's interesting, but. Hey, but listen, we appreciate Chris, uh, you coming on and ask, uh, asking some questions, humbling us, putting some perspective, maybe a little bit of doubt. You know, uh, I think either way, uh, I mean, you have been fortunate to watch a lot of Jets playoffs, at least the last few years. Um, us Oilers fans, a little less. So uh, I mean, we're excited. Um, I'm not I have, gonna... two, two, I have two parting comments. All right. Hit first, us first comment is if the Jets lose, please do not contact me for one month because I don't want to fair enough and number two fuck Connor McDavid (laughs) those are the two things I'd like to say that's blasphemy here that that'll get you a ban from the church and state on the on this podcast here honestly I can't dislike him I can't dislike him like I just I why how could you dislike him like I can dislike Dreisaitl because I think he's a, a fucking baby for someone his size the way he, as much as he whines, but McDavid, like I just, he's just like a machine. Yeah, he's just a, a machine. That's that's what we've come to the conclusion of all season. Just watching, like he's just is not human. It's just a different. It's just a different form. Yeah, absolutely. And, and he's like he's so unproblematic too. Like it's not like like some of these players in the league are like pretty good, but they're just like assholes all over Matthew the place. Matthew Kachuk, yeah. But he's just like he's such a good McDavid's just like such a good guy. Like he just shows up, scores goals, and then goes home. <laughs> like that's and, all you know, he does. the three of us, we're we're you know, we're we're hockey players, but we're plugs to varying degrees. Um, <laughs> so we can appreciate more than the average fan. Like when Mc, when McDavid does a shift and he's just got the puck and it's like looks like a nothing play, and there's like three defenders in front of him. Um, and he's like he's there's a line change and he's just the last guy, and then he he just scalpels his way through everybody and scores a goal like people go oh wow that was cool but they don't understand that's what we're not these aren't like jv kids these are the very best players in the nhl and they just slice and dice them he blew by these people when when um mcdavid scored the the goal um against montreal when he cut in between the two of them um, and we were talking about it. We were like, that's an amazing goal. But then we were like, he was tomahawking on one foot 
while stick handling and still shelved it between Shea Weber or like Joel Edmondson and Jeff Petrie, like, right, like top tier wow. defense at the end Jeff of his Petrie. shift. At the end of his Jeff shift, Petrie. But he's a good defenseman, though. Mm-hmm. You remember what his dad said when he left and he went to the Habs? It's going to be fun watching my son win some hockey games or something like that. It was so funny. Oh, brutal. Brutal. Anyway, fuck Connor McDavid. <laughs> and there it is. Again, big thanks to my friend Chris for coming on. Like I said, he's a big Jets fan. He was on the radio up in Winnipeg. And like he said, uh, he was on the radio in Edmonton for a while. Um, as well, especially back in the 2005 playoff run in the radio back then. So uh, I played hockey with him. Uh, he's a really fun guy to chat with. And like I said, gives a little bit of a different perspective to what, you know, normally I'd be preaching on this Oilers podcast. Uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, he is actually a really, really good follow. That's going to be at FantiniAstic. That's going to be F A N T I N I A S T I C. Fantiniastic. Really good follow on Twitter, especially with the Jets series come up. He is always vocal about hockey. Good follow um, as well. Big thanks to him for coming on. And I'm sure, you know, once the thing, everything settles and the dust settles and we're back on speaking terms, no matter who the winner or loser of this series is, we'll have to have him back on to break down the series once either one of us can stomach the other for sure. Um, However, you know, with that, I'm going to keep this one nice and short in the suite. We're going to get prepared for the playoffs. I'm going to do maybe a playoff hype episode. The next episode, Kyle, join us. And I will also crown him champion of the season prediction challenge. He beat me by a single point, but he won the inaugural season of our prediction challenge. Shows him that he's obviously the greater hockey mind, so I will crown him champion on the next episode as well. Other than that, thank you very much for listening to this episode. Be sure to also follow this podcast on Twitter. That's going to be at the rig underscore rats on Twitter. It helps out a great deal. Also be sure to like, share, and subscribe this podcast wherever you listen to it. SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. It helps out a great deal. Write a review, leave a comment. Like I said, uh, it helps a great deal. Just clicking on it also helps. So thank you very much for listening. The playoffs are right around the corner. And with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, let's go Oilers!